Hi, I'm mashed potato. I'm strawberry milk. I'm miso soup. And I'm Peking Duck, and you're listening to We Don't Have a Name Yet. Today, I'm back, <laughs> <laughs> and and I want to talk about my adventures, seeing as you guys talked about yours last week. I had a really great time listening to Milk. Actually, not last week. It was literally like two days ago. Yeah, yeah it's literally two days ago. <laughs> so I listened to the episode yesterday. <laughs> but I'm just going to pretend it was last week. I uh, had a great time listening to, well, not really a great time. Poor, poor Milk was sick with pneumonia. Uh, Mash had the time of her life driving a Tesla, which we organized for our birthday. And it was, I felt so happy just seeing how like happy you should also was. recount your experience because <laughs> oh gosh do you want to re- me to recount my experience of um booking the tesla <laughs> just the appointment? whole thing yeah it was dark because side i was like part it. of yeah part of that um the test drive i was too i had to focus on driving so i couldn't be like wow the car is so cool on the inside <laughs> oh, really? because i couldn't like didn't have the opportunity to do that <laughs> Okay, well, where do I start? Where do you want me to start? You can start wherever you want to start. You have a, a lot to tell us. Okay, so about five months ago, I had the idea. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a long time ago. <laughs> I had the sudden idea um, that a Tesla test drive is a thing, and who would love that more than Mash? And uh, so I said to Milk and and Cake, hey, guys, we should organize a Tesla test drive for MASH. And they were like, yeah, that's a great idea. And then I sat on that idea for about five months, um, continually saying that I would organize this. <laughs> but, but you guess what? You ended up booking it, doing the, day the, na- doing it the day before. <laughs> <laughs> um, on, the, on the bus um, from, from where I was doing my... Uh, volunteering for one week in the middle of Australia on the way back to Alice Springs mm. <laughs> so uh that's that's how I organized it at the very last minute and I'll talk about that later actually my adventures but on the day uh after we went to smash we had some lunch and cake and I took mash aside and I took out my phone and recorded myself saying hey mash so your birthday surprise is you test driving a Tesla, and and the look on Mash's face was just nothing, so, like nothing, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> it was, it was nothing. But 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 you could tell that underneath that nothingness, she was supremely <laughs> excited, yeah, and you can tell see. because like the corners of her mouth move up just like the tiniest bit, and you know <laughs> you know that Mash is super happy. And so we walked all the way from, we were about in Darling Harbour, walked all the way to Martin Place, walk inside the Tesla Tesla store and we look around at all the different Teslas and this um, girl comes over and we get her um, for our test drive and, you know, she's showing us all the different uh, things on the computer that you can customize well not really but kind of customize and mash builds her perfect tesla and then we go and test drive the tesla and oh my gosh it is so cool this is actually my third time in a tesla but i i would go back and test drive a tesla you know every month because it is such a cool experience can you and even I think do that? tesla would be like <laughs> 
stop. Just, you know, <laughs> just make up a pseudonym every time. <laughs> Pretend to be a different person. Yeah. And everything about the Tesla is cool. I mean, <coughs> you had Mash go on and 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 on about it last week last week uh, <laughs> so I, I'm not gonna you know recount how cool it is but you know sitting in the back is already an amazing experience you know you look up and there's you know just you can look straight up at the sky and you look straight ahead and like the windows everywhere and the doors come up like like bat wings and and it's just so smooth I had no idea how fast we were going at any point in time or how fast or slow we were like accelerating or decelerating just because it is so smooth and the sound system in the back is just incredible like I've never heard a better sound system ever and <laughs> Kate and I car. were just you know <laughs> looking at each other looking outside looking at MASH looking at each other <laughs> what um music were you guys playing uh so I wanted Cake to play I oh, sorry I wanted MASH to play Joey <laughs> but uh, I didn't want I to. Embarrassed to play Joey. Yes. <laughs> so she asked for Ed Sheeran. Did you connect your phone to? The no, phone? no, no. The Spotify is already like in the system. All right. So I thought like, it was gonna be a smart book moment. <laughs> she she told me to like um like basically use the Siri. She said you could play Joey, and you didn't play Joey <laughs> because I didn't want to. It's so strange. <laughs> okay. Um. So the the thing that was already like on the screen was Ed Sheeran, so I played that. Oh, okay. It's not too bad. What's well, not too bad? Ed Sheeran is not too bad. It's not too bad. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ed Sheeran is great. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, comparing with Joey, I mean, to her, it's not too bad. Yes, it's not <coughs> too bad. Yeah, we should do really it again. Sound system, though, we need um cake to pick. One of those songs that you use to test the sound system. Yeah. Adele. Oh. <laughs> Do you use Adele to test sound systems though? No, it's just um you don't have much bass in Adele. Yeah. You need you need some like Adele. good bass and, and all different sounds. Mm. Anyway. What about your Central Australia trip? Yeah, my Central Australia trip. So I was in Central Australia for two weeks and I came back last Friday a week ago. And it was probably one of the best trips of my life. I really enjoyed it for so many different reasons. So the first week, uh, my sister and I did this intrepid tour from Adelaide. So we flew into Adelaide and we went on this bus tour up all the way up through Kupapiti, um to Uluru, Katajura, uh, Kings Canyon and then Alice Springs. And then the second week I went on, my sister went home because she, she had uni and I went further up northwest about five hours on a bus uh to this tiny little aboriginal remote community called Iwendamu where they have an artist center and you can volunteer at the artist center so I did that for a week and you know both weeks I met just the most amazing people like different from oh no, all different parts of the world but you know really like-minded and I think that's just because you know if you choose to do this sort of thing you, you tend to come across people who think quite similarly to you Mm. so that was really it was interesting to to find people who were very like-minded in that way but anyway I had had such a great time um in Alice Springs there was this really cute guy who was working at the YHA Mm -hmm. Uh, so that was fun um and then a lot of (laughs) different fun (laughs) 
the guy was yeah the guy fun. the guy situation was quite good um <laughs> uh cooper pd um around day day two or so was great because you you basically feel like you're in a mad max movie like it's so like post-apocalyptic sci-fi wasteland and mm-hmm. the people who live in cooper pd are kind of you know kind of crazy people because you have to be kind of crazy to want to spend several months of your life digging for opals when you know the potential reward is so low yeah and you could be digging for months not find anything and then like the next day find you know ten thousand dollars worth of opal like that that is a pretty intense kind of life to to want to live and they all live most of the live underground in sort of mm. burrows because it's cooler down there and it gets really hot in summer up above ground like sometimes body five so you got to live there yeah so we stayed two nights in Cuba PD mm. um two different places got to live underground it was it was kind of weird I wouldn't do it for more than a week I think just because I'm the sort of person who needs to see light and have big windows and and feel like I'm not trapped underground in a dark tunnel <laughs> but you know it's it's hard to have a bad experience for a few nights um it wasn't too hot because it was the middle of winter so um daytime at average you know 22 23 but in the middle of the desert that feels quite hot because you're just like no shade dust sand dirt um, everything is very yeah it it feels hot because the nights are also really cold oh how cold as well oh it gets down to about five five ish sometimes Yeah, so the temperature differences between day and night are really big in the in the desert. Mm. Um, so you've got just extremes of temperature, and so even in winter, you know, even if it's twenty two in the middle of the day, it gets you know almost freezing at night. And yeah, it's it's kind of like a whole different country being in the middle of Australia compared to the coastal cities. It's it's so different culturally. It's so the landscape is just looks almost alien when you compare it to the cities on the coast and the people are so different and and you really feel like maybe you know this is what you know the real Australia is like you know this is 90% of Australia and most of Australians never actually get to see this because you know they either can't be bothered or it's you know too expensive or they just never get around to it it's it's kind of crazy yeah I one of uh Milk's reactions to your photos was it's so red <laughs> and I was yeah. like how did you not know <laughs> well, I know like it's red and everything but to to not like see any roads like actual roads and just like from the photo you can see that it just stretches out really far there's nothing there there's no buildings there's nothing it's literally like it's you're great. hiking in the middle of a desert but yeah. if there's no the road thing. how did you travel Oh there no, there, there are roads. Yeah, oh, there's okay. like one road, and a lot of it is just dirt road. Um, everything like just sheds or shacks, or like one small cottage house, something like that. No, I mean you have buildings, definitely. I mean you anywhere you go in whatever direction, you could be walking kilometers and kilometers before you see another person, and it's just yeah. desert. So how do you how do you make sure you don't get lost or like go in the wrong direction? <laughs> you don't go too far. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my GPS still works, so I guess I mean I uh, could also just look at my GPS and know where I am. But that that is good now that it works. When we went out like in 2010, that was what almost 10 years ago. Our yeah, reception did not work out there. 
Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, you can imagine it's so easy just to get lost and die. And, you know, you hear all those stories about the explorers back, you know, 100 years ago when they had to try and uh, find roads and um, telegraph connections and things. And, you know, people were dying left, right and (laughs) centre. It's so hard to just like a flat piece of land. There's nothing to see. Exactly. Yeah. And (laughs) Australia is just so deadly. (laughs) Yeah. You you really land. (laughs) I know. You really, you really just are hit with the the vastness of our land when you go out there like just how overpowering it is it's it's yeah it's a <coughs> experience so if you ever get the chance to go out into the desert i definitely recommend it and past kubapedia as well uh the next few days we um we drove up to uluru and that was great um i didn't climb it you're not really supposed to climb it because it's a well, sacred you, place and yeah, yeah. I it's not legal anymore no, it's it's becoming illegal in I think October. So oh. people, a lot of people are like trying to climb it before it becomes illegal. But you know, it's it's a sacred place, so you yeah. really shouldn't be. Um, but we did a walk around Uluru, and that was great to see it up close. It's not the texture of the rock is very different to what I imagined. Mm-hmm. I sort of imagined I don't know like smooth rock, but it kind of it's like oh, I don't know how to describe it. It's it's very like petted and like shaley it looks like shale um it looks like um kind of like shards of rock laid on top of each other and sort of weird holes everywhere and um rusted looking sitting there for so long erosion has gotten to it yeah yeah It, it was just you know different to what i expected um and not as red as i expected either because i've seen much redder dirt much redder desert um when i drove up from rockhampton to blackhall in Mm. central queensland than i did in central australia so i think it's got to do with the minerals in the soil and everything but Mm -hmm. i expected central australia to be much redder but it was more brown um what else oh and when the katajuda um also known as the olgas so like all these places have you know all these aboriginal names that have kind of replaced these white people names over the past decade or so so people mm. don't really refer to it as the augers anymore um anyway and we went on a hike through there and that was just amazing like the most beautiful kind of views you get mm. from i've never seen anything like that that was good and king's canyon as well it kind of looked like tattooing in star wars when you <laughs> all those like little huts and things but just these rock formations on the top <coughs> of the cliffs yeah it was great um and the tour itself was super cool because it was about 18 people and most of them were young young brits so um uni why, students why do they have the time at this well this- they're on summer holidays oh. um and a, and a lot of them they'd either were doing an exchange here in Australia or they just come for a holiday or they were doing a gap year. I mean, there are loads of British backpackers in Australia, so I wasn't surprised. And then there were a few um, Aussie girls and a few like other like older people who are like from New Zealand or Europe or Asia. And mm. yeah, so it was a good mix of people and everyone was super friendly. And I had a really great time and met lots of great friends. Um, and then got to Alice Springs, met that really cute kiwi guy <laughs> who i uh 
uh, met again the um, the following week when I came back to Alice Springs after my volunteering trip, and now I'm Facebook friends with. Uh, where was I? Okay. Oh yes, <laughs> so my volunteering. <laughs> my volunteering trip. So Wait, what did what did Milk say? Are you guys still in contact? I I haven't uh, talked to him. He he's gonna be in Sydney uh, on the round the second of August, but I'm gonna be in the UK. So uh, right. yeah. that's fine. Next time. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be yeah. sponsors that. That's fine. <laughs> anyway, there are lots of guys in the UK, so don't worry. Exactly, we'll be fine. <laughs> exactly, it'll be fine. Let's <laughs> we'll just move on to the next. We'll just move on. Yeah, we're moving on. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so my volunteering trip. So got to Alice Springs. My sister left the following morning, and I had an extra day, so I just hung around, hung out with a couple of the other guys who were still there, um, made friends with that Kiwi guy, uh, and uh, the following day, I had a bus trip five hours northwest to Uendamu, which is, as I said, this small Aboriginal um, community in the middle of the mm-hmm. desert, and I was volunteering at the art centre, and so what they do there is... I, I didn't have much idea of what an art center did and it's actually a really big thing all around Australia. So they have, um, it's basically a money-making scheme for the local Aboriginal community. So it's a big, basically the number one um, money income, number one source of income for the community mm-hmm. and it makes a lot of money. Like you would not believe. Whilst we were there, there was a French family who came in. They've got some gallery and uh somewhere in France and they dropped $75,000 worth of money in just one afternoon. <laughs> $75,000 worth of money. <laughs> Sorry, $75,000 worth of art. Just like they gone. dropped what, oh, they, they bought that much. They bought that much art in one afternoon and you know, you've got like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of art shifting every week. It's it's a lot of money. Um so I studied art history um, in my undergrad. And so, I mean, I had a bit of like understanding of art industry, but, you know, this was a real eye-opener. Mm. Um, it's, How much is each art piece? So they had um, different sizes. And what they did was they standardised the cost um, to the size of the artworks. But some of the artists are quite well-known and popular, so theirs cost a bit more. Um, so it ranged from like a tiny like 10 centimeter by 10 centimeter like tiny tiny piece would be like 90 dollars um Mm. and that was the discounted price for us which we got like we got 40 percent off because we were volunteering there so they're very expensive um and it's just kind of amusing to think that people value put put so much value on these works of art and what do you mean amusing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's not amusing it's kind of it's a bit sickening but I I can also understand it from both points of view because you know you look at how it benefits the local community and it's their main source of income yeah. and it's it's the people who run it run it as such a tight business you can't fault it like they've got the aboriginal people working on these paintings so you know it's like technically authentic um and they're selling it for hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars the white uh buyers are buying it and they're happy because you know they're authentic works of art but these are also white people dictating 
to the Aboriginal artists what to paint, how to paint, with what colours and what styles so that they can sell more to white buyers and white galleries and white audiences. And, and you know, they take half the profit. They give half of the profit to the Aboriginal artists. But it's just like the way that they were running it and the way I was watching it behind the scenes, it just kind of really fell off to me. And <clears throat> like the one of the girls who was a she was great like uh she uh helped us um meet some of the artists and we went out on the weekends and like had all these great adventures but when she was working um behind the desk at the art center you know she would be the one telling all these artists oh you know you could do this better or you should actually paint this instead or that's not good um you know you shouldn't do this next time that kind of thing and if I were in her in her position having to say to people like you can't paint the way you want to paint you've got to paint it this way so that we can sell it for more money it would just kind of kill me in the end I I wouldn't like to do that and but I can see how it really benefits everyone so yeah it's it's a it it raised a lot of uh, ethical questions I think mm. and for everyone else who I was volunteering with as well like it's kind of disillusioning um so yeah I, I think it's kind of laughable that people people look at these kind of art centers as oh you know aboriginal artists you know authentic art but you know these are just normal people normal people who who are incentivized to to paint um canvases to make money like it's it's kind of a weird business and they do it uh quite commonly like all around different um remote communities in australia so none of them are run by aboriginal yeah well i mean they're technically like there's like a board of aboriginal people who sort of run it but they kind of need the white people to come in to sort of be like the business front of things. Like they need Why? people to, well, cause you have to have people who understand the art industry, who have an understanding of business. And if you're coming from a remote community with mm. basically no like tertiary education, that kind of thing, like, you know, there's, there's a very high barrier to, to that sort of thing. So, so. these are, these would be fairly recent. No, so this art center has been around since about the seventies. But this woman who is currently managing managing it came in around ten, no, fifteen or twenty years ago, um, and she like completely revitalized the art center and made it like this really, really profitable, profitable business. Mm. I did not say that right, profitable. Um, and it is probably the most um successful art center in australia and the most renowned internationally because of how she's run it but i when i talked to her like i didn't like her at all like she has this attitude which really rubs me up the wrong way like very like very business-minded very Mm. about money and i didn't like that that's the payoff you have to have yeah just like her attitude was like not the sort of attitude i enjoy being around but yeah, I mean that was quite interesting. Um and probably the most the most valuable activity I had uh experienced in that week was going out on the long weekend. Um so it was Northern Territory Day like a few days before I got there. So uh they had a long weekend with a Friday off and you know fireworks. You can just shoot off fireworks in the Northern Territory on certain days. So like the entire week people just, you know, fireworks everywhere um which really scared the dogs oh my gosh I did not mention the dogs so Mm -hmm. the dog population 
that just a tangent here. The dog population in Nuendamu is larger than the people population. And the dogs are so adorable. There's, most of them are strays, but, you know, they sort of attach themselves to people. And you go walking around the town and they're just like dogs wandering around everywhere. And they're very aggressive to the other dogs, but they love humans. So, you know, they will come up to you. and other dogs. Aren't there tons of them? Yeah, yeah. So dog fights would happen all the time, Um, especially at the art (laughs) centre. So I would be like, guys, calm down. Like, be nice to each other. And they would be like, Um, (laughs) Yeah, and I just had the time of my life because I love art. I love dogs. I love meeting interesting people. So this two weeks was just so much fun. I met so many great dogs, <laughs> made so many friends with dogs and people. Uh, I miss them terribly. Um, so, yeah, so when we went out on the weekend, some of the dogs out with us and uh, two of the workers, um, one the one girl who was working behind the desk and another guy who is an artist and he um, was helping out around the place. So mm. they're a couple and they were going to leave in the following weekend and sell the car. So they were really nostalgic uh, and they wanted to go out every day on the weekend and just do all the things that they really loved. So we got to go along with them. And they took us, you know, half an hour out into the desert with a couple of the Aboriginal elders. And uh, I learned how to hunt for witchy grubs and um, make uh, fires and cook um, kangaroo tail and damper and uh, we like made all these little, yeah, yeah. It was like it was like camp, but you know, just better. Uh, we had all these little fires. With two... What do you mean the kangaroos are <laughs> up for eating in this country? Oh yeah, like roo shooting is a real thing, in Australia. Um, and how do you a... take them down? Hmm? They are so big. You just shoot them. Yeah, we with... shoot them with guns, guns. rifles. Oh, yeah. uh... <laughs> what? What do you? What else can you shoot something with? Arrows? Arrows. Arrows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does throw rocks on them? Uh, Isn't it worse? That's a harder death. Yeah. yeah. You have to throw oh, very hard. <laughs> I guess you could use a boomerang. But anyway. <laughs> so these kangaroo tails are frozen. So I guess they shot them, they've cut off the tails, used the rest of the kangaroo for other meat and stuff. And then mm-hmm. you can buy them in, in shops and things. <laughs> Kangaroo tails. Yeah. Just the um, tails. Yeah, just the tail in the in the meat section. I haven't seen it though. I, I, uh, I, don't really I haven't seen it. You gotta be in the outback. You gotta be in the outback. Right. I yeah. think in, in our supermarkets we get the rest of the kangaroo. Like the <laughs> yeah. The tail is different from the rest of the meat. It is. Um because the kangaroo tail is is really gelatinous. It's got lots of fat, lots of Ooh. um cartilage and stuff. So when you cook <laughs> it, it's very sticky, very gooey. Um not as much meat on it, lean meat, as other parts of the kangaroo. So it does taste a lot gamier, I think, and a lot yeah. just stickier. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Tastes like, it tastes like mm. how a kangaroo smells. <laughs> oh. Yeah. It was That's interesting, definitely. <laughs> Wichity grub tastes like a mix between popcorn and egg. Actually pretty good. I wouldn't mind living off Wichity grub. Did you, did they, do you just eat it live? No, 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 no. I would not eat it live. Uh, so what we did was we just threw it onto the hot coals. and it How just do cooks. you eat a kangaroo alive? <laughs> no, no, no. She's talking about the witchy grub. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> what does it look like? 
So, oh, like, you can just Google, Google, Google a photo. They look like caterpillars. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let me check. Let me Google it. I don't understand animals in this country. <laughs> <laughs> it it tastes okay. It looks like um a big fat white yellow grub with like you know caterpillar like segments. Oh um, my god! I just googled it. It yeah. looks so uh, gross. It looks like a silkworm. It does look. Like yeah, a I know, right? Yeah, silkworm cross caterpillar. Yeah. Oh my god. That's what god. it looks like. But it tastes good. It tastes good cooked. Oh yuck. Oh, but they some of them some people eat them raw, right? Um, I think you can eat it raw, but I just wouldn't want to do that. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, they're really uh, big though. Well, some of these they're, they're really big and fat. Yeah, good oh. source of protein, guys. <laughs> oh, I just eat my beef. Thank you. <laughs> Kangaroo tail, but it doesn't taste too bad. No, it, it tastes literally like a cross between popcorn and egg. It's not bad at all. <coughs> So yeah, and and I learned a lot just from the Aboriginal elders. They took us out to a few sacred places and told us the stories behind it, and also how to use different um, plants and things. Um, for example, the mulga tree. They had all these like little seeds that are round, donut shaped, and really spiky that just were lying everywhere on the ground. So I picked one up. I was like, "So what is this?" To one of the elders, and she was like, "Oh, you know, it's a, it's like the leaves that come off the top of the mulga." The tree and you can string them onto a little stick and several mm-hmm. in a row and use it as a hair comb and I was like oh that's so cool like all these little things that kind of reminded me of you know mash how we used to play in the bush at school and we used yes. to make all these little cubby houses and pretend we lived there and you know it, it was like that like I but in real life in real life and it's it was such it's something that's totally up my alley like I would totally want to live off the land off the grid just surviving out in the desert <laughs> I have this very romantic idea of the desert life would be like um probably I would not survive more than a couple of weeks and probably would be eaten alive by dingoes but uh, <laughs> it was it was fun to live it just for a week and and have that experience I definitely would do it again maybe mm-hmm. maybe in a different place just to see um you know, like different parts of Australia would have different, different, very different cultures. So I was thinking maybe doing the same thing, but in Western Australia, sort of like up north, northwest, like Broome area. Mm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that was a really great experience. And the my fellow volunteers were just an amazing group as well. We became like this little family, much like um, the tour group that I had going up from Adelaide. And there was an actual family with two little boys they were just so adorable. They loved the dogs and one of them pretended to be a cat all the time. Um, and the parents were great, like the super cool kind of parents who would take your kids out of school for like six months and go traveling around Australia kind of parents. So obviously cool. Um, and there were three other girls who were around my age or a bit older. And they were also like really kind of like artsy kind of kind of people as well who were also interested in health. So I I really got along with everyone and it was a great time. And then, and then, yeah, I was kind of sad to leave at the end of the week, but I got to go back to Alice Springs and uh, see my uh, cute kitty. See, <laughs> see your boy. Yeah. He mm. was like, oh, you're back again. And I was like, I am back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that, yeah. Um, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a lot happened. A lot happened in two weeks. Yeah. Um, and tomorrow I'm going off to London and I'm going to be in the UK for a month. 
So, uh, me, so I could use some tips. What Which city sort of things should I? So, I'm gonna be in London, gonna spend a couple of days in Bath. Um, mm-hmm. Then I'm gonna go to York for a few days. Gonna spend a few days in the Lake District, and then Edinburgh, mm. then back to London. I reckon you love Edinburgh. Yeah, I I made sure to spend a week in Edinburgh so I can really yeah. explore it. Yeah, and the yeah. Lake District is quite nice as well. Yeah, they have really really nice ice cream. Ice cream. <laughs> yeah, ice cream. <laughs> oh, okay. I gotta try it. Yeah. yeah, of all things, I've always wanted to go to the ice cream. Definitely ice cream. You go all the way to UK to eat the ice cream. Bath is really nice for my memory. Yeah, like all of those places. Yeah, all those places are places I've really wanted to go to for a long time. Bath because I'm like really into Roman, ancient Roman history. Mm-hmm. Um, Lake District because I was really into like the Romantic poets and, and writers for a while. Um, Edinburgh just because it's like I think it's it, from everything I've say, seen and heard, it's beautiful. And London just because I love London. So yeah, have you watched a One Day? I have. I read the book and watched the movie. Yeah, they shot in Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah, Edinburgh. It's beautiful. I think Edinburgh is uh is my favorite in the UK. Oh really? Yeah, I'm so excited. Uh, yeah, do you have any then... uh, ideas of what to do? That's like nice places to walk around or like cheap things to do. I mean, besides London, all the cities in the UK are not that big. So you probably just wander around and then you would just uh, see the whole city. But with Edinburgh, I don't know about now. You could check, but uh, they often have some festivals. Mm. Yeah. 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 And I'm going like sort of late summer, so it's kind of festival season, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have yeah. you been to York? Oh uh, yeah, I have been to York. Do you like it? Yeah, York is like a very nice town that you. Would imagine a European,、um, even though like they chose to leave EU, it's a kind of tongue that you would imagine a European tongue looks like. Oh, cool! Yeah, because、yeah, I I've heard that it's got lots of like medieval like streets and like Viking stuff and and also ancient Roman history as、yeah. well. So yeah, it sounds like a really great place to visit for a few days. So. And、yeah, I think、it. you would like it. Yeah, my parents think I'm going to spend the entire time in London,、uh, living in my friend's place. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell. <laughs> you better hope they're not listening to this. Yeah, hope not. They don't know about it. This podcast. Oh, they know it exists. I don't think they've heard it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you should continue the stuff we've said before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, that is too expensive to stay for two weeks. To be honest, so maybe this is a perfect excuse. I can't、yeah. afford London anymore, so I go to other cities. Yeah, well, like the good thing about London is that I've already seen a lot of the big touristy things. So, what I would have done in London is just go to a lot of the like the free all of the free museums and all of the smaller museums I didn't get to see last time. And also, I want to check out. Um, a lot of the house museums. I love house museums and just walk around the streets a lot.、Mm-hmm. Yeah,、mm, yeah. And this time I want to like, cause you know London is so big and there's so many museums. 
but I want to focus more on like the philosophy and psychology. Like there's the Freud Museum, there's mm-hmm. the House Museum where he lived or his daughter lived or something like that. So yeah, I want to see that. Mm-hmm. It would be great. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that's my adventures. I think your adventures filled up the entire episode. <laughs> oh god, have I been speaking for an hour? <laughs> uh, yep. Basically. <laughs> we should sign off here. Okay, this episode has been Duck's Adventures. Tune <laughs> in next time for more of Duck's Adventures. <laughs> Hopefully she'll be joining us from the UK next time if we can get yeah. a time working. I, um, I should be able to. Yeah. All right. Anyone else want to talk about other things? I think we can leave <laughs> So that. it's not just my adventures? <laughs> Wait, this is a gothic. And then... What's we already sad? went through our update last time. Oh, yeah, we're up to date. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay, next time we'll get back to choosing a topic. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Don't forget See to subscribe. Oh, yeah. Don't forget oh. to subscribe. Yeah, to press, the yep. press the button. Yeah, press the button. All the platforms. See you next time. Except Twitter. <laughs> See you. <laughs> Bye. Bye.